This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Today, I'm talking with Sandra Bulens, a CDC epidemiologist. We'll be talking about carpapenem-resistant bacteria. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It's a pleasure to be here. What does it mean to be infected with a carpapenem-resistant bacteria? So carpapenems are broad-spectrum antibiotics that are often used to treat infections caused by some of the most resistant bacteria. When a bacteria becomes resistant to a carpapenem class of antibiotics, treatment options become more limited, and usually clinicians are forced to rely on older antibiotics that are often less effective or are associated with substantial toxicities. There are various types of carpapenem-resistant bacteria that cause infections. Tell us about the bacteria your study investigates. Acinetobacter baumannii, or A. baumannii, is one of the types of bacteria for which resistance has become a problem. Acinetobacter at baseline often possesses a large amount of intrinsic resistance, so carpapenem antibiotics are often required for treatment. If these bacteria are resistant to carpapenems, treating the infection becomes much more complicated. Carpapenem-resistant Acinetobacter baumannii, or CRAB, primarily causes infections in people who have frequent exposure to healthcare. So, for example, people who frequently go to the hospital, or people who live in nursing homes, or people who are undergoing regular dialysis treatments. Infections that are a result of healthcare exposure are called healthcare-associated infections. Most commonly, this resistant bacteria causes pneumonia, infections in your blood, or urinary tract infections. Some people can also carry this bacteria on their body without the bacteria causing any symptoms, and this is called colonization, and it's important for two reasons. First, people who are colonized with this resistant bacteria are at higher risk for getting a true infection themselves. And second, they can serve as a source of transmission of crab to other people. And where are most of these infections occurring? So most people acquire an infection with crab as a result of exposure to healthcare. We found that 99% of our patients had some sort of healthcare exposure in the year before developing their infection. The most common type of healthcare exposure was inpatient hospitalization, and this was found in 78% of the people in our evaluation. Um, other common healthcare exposures included the presence of an indwelling device, such as a catheter, and an overnight stay in a long-term care facility, such as a nursing home. In addition, almost all of the people in the evaluation from which this resistant bacteria was isolated, they had underlying conditions, the most common being neurological problems and decubitus ulcers or pressure ulcers. Healthcare exposure could not be identified in only 1% of people, and this suggests that transmission of this resistant bacteria is generally not occurring among otherwise healthy people in the community. Tell us about your project. What were you looking for and how you structured it and what you found? So we conducted an active laboratory and population-based surveillance evaluation through the CDC's Emerging Infection Programs Multi-Site Gram-Negative Surveillance Initiative, or what I like to call MUGSY. Um, MUGSY is a collaboration between CDC and, in this case, eight state health departments and their academic partners. During the time period of this analysis, our surveillance was conducted in a defined population in the states of Colorado, 
Georgia, Maryland, Minnesota, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, and Tennessee. Um, Active surveillance means that our local partners are working with laboratories that served their defined population to make sure that each case of crab is reported by the laboratories and investigated by conducting a medical record review. We defined a case for our surveillance as a patient that had crab isolated from a normally sterile site, such as blood or urine, and who lives in our defined population or catchment area. The goal was to describe the epidemiology of crab and to estimate the crew population-based incidents during the first four years of surveillance. So what did we find? The overall case rate was low, um, about 1.2 cases per 100,000 people. And what this means is that in our population, every 100,000 people, only about one person will get this infection, which is pretty good news. Um, also, if you compare it to a another healthcare-associated infection that we're doing surveillance for in the same catchment area, it was much lower, which is also good news. Um, we found that the rates of disease vary greatly across the eight participating sites. The highest rates were found in Maryland and the lowest were found in Oregon. The overall death rate was 18%, and the it was as high as 41% among people who had this resistant bacteria isolated from a normally sterile site. As I've already mentioned, we found that 99% of our patients had some sort of healthcare exposure in the year prior before their positive culture. Um, we also wanted to get an idea of whether the number of people infected with this resistant bacteria was changing over time. To do this, we looked at yearly rates of disease that were adjusted. And we found that these rates did not change significantly during the time period of the study, which um, we were able to look at, which was 2013 to 2015. However, you know, to better understand if things are really changing, additional years of data are needed. And then lastly, we found that antimicrobial susceptibility testing results from the laboratories that identified these bacteria demonstrated high levels of resistance to other antimicrobial drugs in addition to carpapenem antibiotics. However, most isolates remain susceptible to at least one other antibiotic, most often an aminoglycoside. What's the long-term prognosis for these resistant bacteria? Are they becoming more or less common? So based on our data, we did not detect a change um, in the rate of crab in our surveillance population over the three-year time period that we evaluated. Um, so again, as I mentioned, more years of data are needed to have a clearer understanding of how the incidence of this bacteria is changing in our population. However, data from other surveillance systems have suggested that the rates are falling in the United States, although the reason for this findings is, is not no, but it's certainly very encouraging. Slowing the spread of antibiotic resistance is a public health priority, and the CDC continues to work with state and local health departments and healthcare facilities uh, to aggressively stop transmission of resistant bacteria. Would you like to tell us about your job at CDC? What's your job and what's your involvement in antimicrobial resistant infections? So I work um, in CDC's Division of Healthcare Quality and Promotion, and I've been in the division for 11 years. Um, my primary responsibility is working on the surveillance of healthcare-associated antibiotic-resistant infections, including acting as the principal investigator for the part of Muggsy that conducts surveillance on crab. 
Um, while working in DHQP, I've had the opportunity not only to work on Mugsy, which conducts surveillance for this resistant bacteria, but also on Carperpenem-resistant Enterobacteriaceae, or CRE, and Carperpenem-resistant Pseudomonas aeruginosa. I have also worked on surveillance for methicillin-resistant Staph aureus, or MRSA, another healthcare-associated infection, and it's another surveillance program that's run through the Emerging Infections Program. My goal is to help to better understand the epidemiology of these resistant bacteria in order to help target and improve prevention efforts and ultimately protect patients from infections caused by these bacteria. Thank you, Sandra, for taking the time to talk to us today. I've been talking to Sandra Bulens about her April 2018 article, Carpapenum Nonsusceptible A. Bamanii 8, U.S. Metropolitan Areas, 2012 through 2015. Listeners can read the article online at cdc.gov eid. I'm Sarah Gregory for Emerging Infectious Diseases. For the most accurate health information, visit cdc.gov or call 1-800-CDC-INFO.